Welcome to TNT with Teresa Quinlan and Reese Thomas. We are friends from across the pond on a life evolution. We want to bring you topics that challenge your status quo, guests that help you think differently, and nuggets of wisdom that spark being. Being what? You. Authentic you. Welcome to TNT listeners, episode 99. Can you believe it? We are one away from 100 episodes. How excited are we, Reese, for 100? Woohoo! Woohoo! So we are thrilled to introduce you to today's guest, Holly Woods, PhD. I don't know about you, but whenever I hear that, I went, mmm, smart. Spent a lot of time in school <laughs> learning lots of stuff. <laughs> So Holly is a visionary who sees deeply into others' souls. She activates and catalyzes what wants to come alive in people and guides them to manifest their dreams through practical strategies. She's the founder of Emergence Institute and the Purpose Launch Lab. Holly's going to bring us 30 years of consulting and coaching in human and organizational development and two decades, 20 years, people of experience building and scaling business and products to help entrepreneurs, visionaries, and innovators create impact. She helps clients uncover their nuanced purpose, gain capacities and mindset to attain their unreasonable goals and align decisions, products, and systems around what matters most. So she earned this PhD in human and organizational development, is certified as an integral master coach, purpose guide, professional mediator and facilitator, master energy practitioner, and is a stages of consciousness development practitioner. I'm hoping we're going to learn a lot about all of these different things in our conversation today. Now, she's also a best-selling author. What? Yes, the book, The Golden Thread. What a beautiful title. Where to Find Purpose in the Stages of Your Life was released last year. Get it on the bookshelves. And this book will dispel any notion that your life doesn't matter. Holly, welcome to TNT. It's wonderful to have you here with us today. Thank you, Teresa and Reese. I'm so delighted to be in this conversation with you. We kick off with passion and obsessions. And when we dive into our guest stories, often we figure out, oh, that's where it came from, from them. So What's the story about how you got to the places and spaces that you occupy now in your life, in your work? You know, what's fascinating is that you're basically asking me to describe the golden thread. Hmm. Um, and I didn't know until the thread appeared in one of my, like literally I saw a thread in one of my clients, like, what is that? <laughs> that I had a sense of, why I had been living the particular life I had. So, um, and I will do this as nutshell as I can because it could be a long story, but I started out as a young child and I think I was like five or six and I have always been clairvoyant, clairaudient. Um, I heard a voice always over here that said, you're here to do something important. And I'm like, who are you? And why are you talking to me? And what, what is this thing, the voices? And like literally as a child, like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. And, um, but I heard it and it, you know, sunk in to every cell in my being and like, oh, 
well, what is that thing? And why won't you just tell me? <laughs> it would be so much easier if you could just tell me what that important thing was. And so I was on this quest my whole life to figure out, well, what is this important thing I'm here to do? Obviously an obsession, um, which led me down many paths in search of like, what, it, what am I here to do and why can't I find it? Um, so I, I was a seeker of many things, um, insight, understanding, knowledge, awareness, uh, you know, and, and so my child, I, and recovery, I had a fairly difficult childhood, lots of trauma, tragedy. Um, so I spent a good chunk of my, you know, first 30 years of being an adult, trying to recover from my early childhood experiences and every other tragedy that followed because until you get out of it, you just keep recreating the thing. And, you know, eventually I came to a place later, several decades later, where I began to see that this circuitous path I'd been on seeking all of these things and understanding and trying to overcome the challenges or the hurdles in my life were all critical ways of me knowing myself and getting clearer and clearer and clearer about who I am and why I was here. And so I began to understand that none of that was wasted, even though it might have looked like I was going down wrong paths or making bad choices. Um, it was all useful. And so this obsession I had with uncovering who I was um, ultimately led me to all the tools that I now use to help people uncover who they are, why they're here, find their thread, overcome the hurdles and the barriers and the you know limiting beliefs, et cetera, in order to come out to the other side with a clear sense of purpose and direction. And what is next for you? How can you best express that in the world? So my obsession really was the roots of my purpose. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's true for all of us that we, you know, the I use the word curiosity, the curiosity that guides us is really our soul pulling us along. Um, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I think that's a very familiar sort of story, this idea when you were talking about finding that purpose thing that came into my mind was like a bit in a hurricane and being distracted and bombarded and discombobulated and spinning around being distracted by all these kind of things and you kind of somehow make your way into the eye of the storm the calm the still and from that place you could probably get a vantage point or see something or discover your purpose and that that trip that i've just explained very quickly is <laughs> often very fraught and very long and very arduous but most people don't get to that center point yet and then they think when they've discovered that they think that's the, the end but actually getting back out and using all of that energy and everything that you've found and using it for a purposeful purpose for a service to someone that is the biggest challenge and, and one of the things that i'm still doing and still learning but also helping clients and things where this is finding that you know my company is true self coaching so it lies a lot with what you're just talking about there so i wanted to um, <clears throat> talk a little bit about how purpose for you um, manifested itself. You said that you had lots of different experiences. You had lots of 
guidance and, and channeling things and voices. And I'm wondering how the journey that you described a minute ago, kind of uh, some of the nuances and ups and downs that went through that uh, journey and led you to founding things like Emergence Industry and, and Global Purpose Leaders and, and, and how you got called to do that. Um, that was like several questions in one. It was, I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> so let me see if I, if I can tackle that, Reese. <laughs> Just pick one. <laughs> Write a dissertation on that question. Yes. <laughs> awesome. He's well known for his multiple questions. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's, a, you know, I live in complexity as well. So I, I think I get it. Um, <laughs> I think what I'm going to do is use a facet of my purpose to demonstrate um, and so my purpose, I believe purpose is not job, career, product, business, you know, the, or, you know, a sustainable developmental goal. <laughs> like those are expressions of purpose, but they're not purpose. Purpose to me is something that's much deeper and is intrinsic facets of ourselves. So my purpose is, uh, and, you know, an expression of my, of my purpose really is to speak powerful truths to shine love onto shadow, to liberate soul's potential and reunite love and power. And I could explain all of that, but the, the reason I'm giving it to you is that so you can see that they are very descriptive, specific, nuanced ways of knowing myself. And I, as I was sort of unpacking this, what is the golden thread? <laughs> like, what is that? I went back to do my own life and saw how I'd been expressing those things over time over and over and over and over again, but not always well. So, you know, so I'll take the speaking powerful truths. That was something I did from the very earliest stages of my life. And one of my early memories um, is standing up to my mother when she was about to um, hit me. And I stood up to her and spoke spiral powerful truths and you won't do that that's not okay i i will not you know whatever childhood words i will not tolerate that and with such force and and presence that she was taken aback and literally never hit me again um doesn't mean there weren't other forms of abuse but i i started doing that from the very earliest stages and have continued, it's been one of the, you know, most notable things always in groups, people say, Holly, you just, you are rocking it with the truth, but oh my God, watch out because they're going to come get you. And that's all, you know, that has also been the case. So the, the, you know, the flip side is that I don't, oh, I haven't always done it with uh, grace or with, with skill. And I actually became a mediator and a facilitator because I wanted to learn to speak truths in ways that were useful and productive and generous and graceful. And I had to learn those skills. So I've been doing the truth telling thing for lifetimes. I can't even tell you how many times I've had my head chopped off but or burned at the stake. But in this lifetime, I was gonna master that. And I think I have, and it, it, it now lets me share messages and be with clients and, you know, create things that come from the deepest, most gracious, shining love onto shadow version of me. So people can hear what I have to say. So many of those careers, this is sort of getting back to your question, many of those, those opportunities were 
were ways that I needed to develop capacity that let me be in my purpose more um, capably. So I, I didn't know it at the time, but I would, I would go do some, you know, I'd like, oh, here I'm in, this is the next thing I'm going to learn to do, or this is the next job. And mm-hmm. I didn't know till much later, like, oh, that's why I did that thing. And I was learning how to do this. And that's why that happened, because I had to learn the hard way, hit my head on the wall again, how to overcome that hurdle or shadow in me. So I believe that every experience we have is an opportunity to be more um, more clear and to get more aligned with our purpose. We just don't know it, you know, and, and anymore, I now see everything from that perspective. So when it, when something is very challenging, because those things still happen in my life, I immediately say, well, what's here for me? What am I supposed to learn from this? And what new capacities do I bring on because of it? Oh, I love that so much. I use the question, where's the lesson? Sometimes I have to repeat it to myself multiple times over when I'm feeling quite disruptive. I'm like, where's the lesson? Where's the lesson? Where's the lesson? Where's the lesson? Like, <laughs> sometimes you really got to look. I also refer to that experience of, I need to learn the hard way is I miss the pebble, miss the brick. Here comes the boulder. <laughs> oh, that's there's great. the lesson. Ah, now I got it. That's <laughs> great. Teresa. Thank you universe for not giving up on me because it doesn't right. and it will keep sending us the same lessons right. over and over again, just with different facades on them. Right. Well, and, and also maybe the next version of what you need to learn about that thing. Sometimes it's not mm-hmm. that I missed it. I just didn't get that piece of it that now I can handle and, and integrate. Yeah, very true. Just like piano lessons, level one become, comes before level two. Right. We need a foundation underneath us to learn the next piece. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. So one of the things that I was writing down while you and Reese were exchanging there was the eye of the storm analogy is really quite lovely that oftentimes to be able to look at our experiences and find something useful from it, we might need spaces of quiet or stillness in order to do that, uh, presence and awareness in order to do that. So I'm, I'm wondering if you would share the ways in which you help work with people or encourage people to find that space so they can because life comes at us pretty quick pace tends to be a little bit of a deterrent for a lot of people like to just calm down and find quiet for a second Mm -hmm. how do you encourage people to do that yeah i um that's a great question and i have to tell you almost nobody else thinks of that so i really appreciate that you've arrived at that awareness um and it was um about a decade ago i think as i was entering my own coaching experience um i don't know you know why do we do this why do we have these awarenesses unconsciously but i had an unconscious awareness that i had to get quiet and learn to listen if i was ever going to grow up (laughs) if i was ever going to resolve all this stuff in my life I had to stop and listen. And I just, I have lived this crazy fast paced, you know, sometimes several careers at one time life. And I knew that that wasn't going to get me there. Um, So I went about learning more capably how to be present. Um, So always with my clients, I start off with um, creating, with, sort of this module called creating space for emergence. 
And, you know, there's a number of things and it can look in any form. I, uh, I encourage some kind of contemplative practice. I encourage exercise and quite honestly, healthy eating, because what is in our body really does create the nourishing field for who we become. Um, I encourage sleep. Um, so I have exercises for presencing and grounding and, um, creating roots. I do a lot of energy work, um, both for myself and for clients. Um, let's see what else. Um, I think else is coming to mind, but I mean, I, I do gratitude practices. I do encourage brain entrainment activities. Uh, I, I continually use positive psychology and neuroscience in my work. I'm um, not necessarily a part of that early stuff, but it kind of weaves throughout. And so as I'm working with people, I'm helping them create these new habits. I mm -hmm. think also important, um, you know, we get to the root of the limiting beliefs and doubt and fear, which is often what is the trauma that lives within us that keeps us noisy. So as you unpack and deconstruct all of those things that have us agitated and frustrated a lot of the time, we become quieter and quieter and quieter and more pure in our um, innate beingness. Beautiful. I, I, I love the, uh, the invitation there to, to just get quiet, to just get still, to not be looking externally for something and finding it within when we stop looking. Um, you mentioned the energy practitioner and, and um, from your intro, there was also a bit about uh, stages of consciousness uh, development mm -hmm. practitioner. What can you can you talk a bit more about those two things? What they? What... Yeah. So um, I have I've done I don't know trained in about five different kinds of energy work. Um, there was a period of time that I I nearly died because I felt I was energetically overwhelmed with the world. I'm very much an empath. And I knew that I had to learn to, to become sovereign in my beingness. And I couldn't be continually taking on the world energetically that I just, I, I was lost. And um, so I gained an awareness of this, you know, our subtle energy structure. And the last person that I began training with does de Zuckerman of your sacred anatomy is my current mentor. Um, been about eight years, I guess I've been training with her and she has an awareness of our subtle energy um, structure. It's, you know, literally this egg shaped bubble that's 20 or more feet off of our, our bodies. And there are actually very intricate, complex anatomy, kind of like our physical anatomy. And so as that kind of um, sacred anatomy practitioner, I I'm able to clean and clear and align and repair different parts of our subtle anatomy. It's not something most people are aware of or would even believe in, but it's, it has been powerful, saved my life and has changed my life. And I use that kind of energy work with most of my clients. Um, any other questions about that? I mean, I could 
I didn't have a comment because I can't even remember what it's called, but I've, I've seen some videos, YouTube-based videos of this, of chiropractor, a particular one I've seen over and over again, who doesn't touch the body and you think chiropractor and they're like alignment. So how does he align people without actually touching their body? And it's incredible how he uses energy. And most of the time his eyes are closed. So he's not even looking at the body yeah. itself or yeah, no. the alignment within the body itself. And I just think that it's it's helping me to think of your experience when you were young and hearing the voice. I wonder also, oh, multiple questions here. Is there something unique about the voice being on the right side compared to the left? Yeah. You know that I don't know. I have searched and searched for that answer. It's just, and I, and it's not that way anymore. It used to be over here and now it's more, um, it's kind of everywhere. And and I hear that that's part of the new energy coming in. So I will acknowledge that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm kind of not, I was going to, I was about to say, I'm not a normal being, but I actually believe that everybody has this capacity, Mm -hmm. but to be clear enough of our multi-dimensional traumas and um in order to allow ourselves to have access to the quantum field which is basically what i think i'm doing and so this energy work has cleared out so much of my structure and i now have access to all kinds of things that most people don't have access to so i can you know, I can energetically feel somebody that's in South Africa. I don't have to be, I don't even have to be on the phone or the computer with them. I just sense them. I can sense their experience. I can kind of know what's going on with them. I can feel, I have a, you know, mirror, there's a mirror neuron kind of thing that goes on energetically in me. I can feel them. Um, I can feel you too. I, you know, I, I can tell who people are. This is part of why I do what I do is I can actually sense your soul and I can sense those kinds of things. Um, and I believe we all have this capacity. Literally, I truly do. I don't think I'm anything special. I just think that most of us, that's not in our, you know, not on our bucket list. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Reese and I earlier today were having a conversation and he reminded me of this phrase, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. Right. And the human experience locks down perhaps a lot right. of that spiritual stuff. So that's yeah. in essence, if we consider that that's a possibility for us, right. then maybe that is part of the unlocking process. If I don't believe that that's a possibility, then how would I ever achieve it? Belief right. kind of usually comes first. So I'm being human right now. I know that I have been other things and I, I've chosen to be here on this planet right now. So right now I am being human and I kind of like being human. I haven't always liked being human, but I love it now. It's an amazing experience to be so alive on this bounteous planet. I mean, like we are so blessed, literally, even now, even in this experience to have, you know, a a mile of skin to feel and all these senses and all these emotions and all the richness of everything we experience. It's just crazy. Anyway, I (laughs) could go on about that, but I want to answer your other question, Reese, about the stages of consciousness. And my book uses the stages of consciousness framework 
to look at purpose across the stages of life. And this is based on decades of human development research and stages of consciousness as originally written about by Don Back and then Ken Wilber and my other men another mentor is Terry O'Fallon who came up with this new evolved model that is kind of a rigorous framework looking at who are we across the stages of our life as we expand our perspective taking capacity. So basically I go from first person child to second person, I can see you, um, well, first person infant, second person child, third person adolescence, you know, there's several of us and I can see you two friends doing this, so I'm gonna do it like you. And, and we, you know, further and further along in our perspective taking capacity until we become, you know, develop these very broad awareness of the world and its complexity and the systems and the infrastructures and, and how, um, how all of that works together. And so purpose from that framework um, really looks different over our lives. I became a diagnostic practitioner um, because I wanted to know where people were in their own development and their own consciousness so I can work with them where they are. So I, it, there are different things that you would do at each stage. I don't know if that made sense to you. Sure did, yeah, perfect, thank you. Um... I'm loving where this conversation is going. Like we said, we, we don't like to have um, agendas or, or frameworks in place here. We'll just follow what, what's happening. So, But I would be remiss of me not to um, uh, just momentarily return back to the the point that kind of promote uh, the impetus for all of this conversation was you sent me some new things that you're working on, the Purpose Launch Lab and the Purpose Flywheel. So mm -hmm. before we run out of time, I wondered maybe if you could tell us a little bit about this new offering that you've gone and how everything that you've been doing over the last 20, 30 years has kind of led you to this. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so after I found the Golden Thread and I started practicing it and testing it and, and writing about it, I wrote the book. Um, I began to have an even greater awareness about what I was really doing. Like, what are, what am I doing? <laughs> Why does it work? Why do people come out the other side of this work, and like their lives just take off like like rockets? You know, like it's it's inexplicable to me. Like I didn't do that. <laughs> like that there's something at work here that I don't even understand. So I I started looking again. You know, I'm a scientist. So I got out my little. Mac, uh, microscope and just like what what is going on here and I realized that in this process of uncovering people and I help them see themselves so distinctly with such nuance and precision and I, I wrote about purpose KPIs so I, I have these imprints or indicators of when you're in alignment and when you're not and what that does is set up your own are you familiar with the terms virtuous cycle and vicious cycle? And so a virtuous cycle is where you're collecting data continually. So you keep going around the wheel, you know, improving, improving, evolving. And vicious cycle is where you're not really learning and you end up keep hitting your head against the wall and making mistakes, which was, you know, my first 40 years of life. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm teaching them basically how to be in these virtuous cycles by knowing themselves well enough 
that they can be their own masters, that they don't need me necessarily to keep them aligned with who they are. They sense it. I, I talk about purpose. If you, when you get this precise version of your purpose, you could put a flag on the North Pole and you could sniff your way there because you'd know it so distinctly. And so there was that, you know, all about purpose. And then I helped them set up their products and their services and their mindset the same so that you're continually learning and growing and then, and then their business. So I realized I'm actually doing these three virtuous cycles. Oh, and my God, it belongs in this big old flywheel, which is a perpetual motion machine. So the purpose flywheel is the mechanism behind my work. And I just, I had to put it on paper because I needed to understand it. And I think if we all come to see that our lives can be so much easier than they are, if we become open and vulnerable and spacious, like you talked about, and willing to fail and willing to learn that, that we're going to become, we're going to evolve. So literally it is not only a, an innovation machine that's good for your business, it's an evolutionary machine and purpose is the driver. So when we get really clear about purpose and we learn to be in these systems that I'm talking about, we evolve like naturally and we create stuff for the world that's going to change the world. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that's book number two. Um, but what I've done then is created an, a purpose-driven incubator called the Purpose Launch Lab built on this flywheel. And it starts the end of next month. And I'm still enrolling people and would love whomever to join. Um, it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, it'll be the beta version. And so every opportunity to, you know, have impact on what it looks like in the future and learn with me and be a part of creating your next expression, no matter how much success you've had, or, you know, how much you do know yourself, there's another expression that wants to come out. And sometimes we get stuck trying to figure out what that is. Mm -hmm. so this is intended to do that. So, um, I can share more in the show notes about how to connect with me um, about either the flywheel, the launch lab. I'm pretty sure that the, it's on my website. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we will make sure that that happens, that in the show notes, how to connect with you, your material, coursework, all of that is absolutely present for people because we do find our listeners want to be able to explore more. I think from that, that description, I have just one really simple question. What keeps people in the vicious cycle? Um, simple question. I know. <laughs> it's being cheeky. You mean few words. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's not simple. You know, there are there are there are a number of things. Um and and truly it's 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 this stuff that keeps us from living purpose. If, if we didn't have all this stuff that I'm gonna describe, purpose could be more or would more organically unfold. Mm. But being human, I believe that we come back into these human experiences being human in order to allow our soul to have its next unfoldment. And so we bring with us karma, obviously things that we need to learn from another life but we also have context of our lives that creates expectations 
and constraints and repression that was a part of whatever environment was a you know our childhood so um cultural mores and family expectations and doubts that were instilled in you and projected by your parents or others and um, social normative expectations that says you will and you won't and the coulds and the shoulds and all of those things live in us they live in our structures they live in our psyches they create the emotional trauma that we carry around and then there's the collective trauma that we are all you know a part of that is also constraining us to be human so those things which are quite massive for most of us you know i spent the better part of the first 40 years of my life moving through all of that and and i had more than most so my journey was really challenging and you know i had this little voice that you can't quit i was i was suicidal on and off for 30 years because it was so overwhelming and and i so did not want to be here it just wasn't working for me but the voice said can't leave gotta go gotta stay and figure this out and i knew that if i left you know prematurely in this lifetime i'd just be back doing it again so why do that so there, you know, there are many tools, many ways to work through all that, but I do believe that is one of the most significant reasons we are here being human mm. is to let go of all that stuff that keeps us from being ourselves. Amen. And, okay, and so. once we accept that and realize I don't, I don't need to have shame about all that. We all have this stuff. Every single one of us has the blessing of these opportunities to grow and become more of who we are and and that each of those things that i used to have a lot of shame about and not talk about because i thought i was the only one and, you know now i realize i am so lucky to have had all of those things to be forced to work through it so i can i can be me like now i get to be me in in a much more pure clear purposeful, intentional, contributing being like, wow, how lucky am I mm -hmm. to have, you know, found my way through all that. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of our conversation earlier, Teresa, where we we're talking about impermanence, we we're talking about the this idea that once you can kind of grab hold of that simple yet very transformative concept, we, we kind of described it as almost like a some special something that goes into the machine that creates the alchemy that allows for all of this stuff that you're so eloquently talking about to to flourish um before we get to our final question one quick thing like you talked about your 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 evolution your trauma your um your growth and you said that there was a time when you didn't like being a human but now you love it and and i feel like a lot of people might be able to relate to that and i wonder if there was a certain thing or something that you did, and maybe it's correlated with purpose, finding your purpose. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, uh, if that was the, that was what um, led you to love being who you are. Well, and I have to say, I mean, there is a time that sticks out, and I'll share that. But as much as anything, it's um, learning to that everything is contributing to me becoming me. You know, I, I often say that purpose is about being more of who you are and less of who you are not. 
So there are like, you know, it's been decades of work that I've done. And now on the other side of so much of that, I do have a clearer, simpler, more open, spacious um, way of being in the world that lets me live without being in the muck and the mire of it. So it's gotten easier and more graceful over here, more easeful. I did have an experience um, 15 years ago or so where, you know, I had gotten so ill and so depressed and so everything. I had an autoimmune disorder and I had I literally had 12 disorders going on and I was seeing an internist and uh, hoping that we could resolve some of those things. And this was before I started energy work or any of the other alternative things that I do. And I remember being in the internist office, you know, in the patient gown, and I had brought in a handwritten list of these <laughs> 12 disorders. And I was begging, please, please, can we solve some of this? And he basically looked at my list and Holly, I can't do anything about any of those. You're, they're permanent. You're going to have to live with them. And I can send you to a pain clinic in Denver. And I just, you know, wow, God do I stay? Can I possibly stay knowing that? And what I realized in that moment was that, no, I'm actually not going to do this that way. I'm going to find my way out of this scenario and do it differently. And I took charge of my life and said, okay, that's what you've got for me. <laughs> I'm going to go find the other pieces of this puzzle that I need to find my way and it was that taking charge of my life and my health and my well-being and my intention and my purpose. And I said, I'm going to live like I know I'm supposed to live something important. And so I do think it was actually a matter of not knowing what I was here to do that somehow I'd gotten repressed and caused all. Of, so it was, you know, I was both on the purposeful path, I, I went to a bookstore and a book fell into my lap by Greg Lavoie called Callings Around This Time. So like, I got really clear about finding purpose. And I started doing all kinds of things to become well. Hmm. That's the nutshell version, I think. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I think it's something that everyone can um, relate to, I hope. And I feel that that choosing to back yourself rather than necessarily back what you're being told and to know that there are other answers out there than what is being offered to you first up so all right so we always like to ask our um guests to to share with our audience so they can have this kind of uh, development arc from a sort of thinking to doing to being this idea that we have that people listen and they'll get inspired and and change will happen and what some of the words that kept coming up in what, in what you were saying were openness, spaciousness, and, and the vulnerability. And I wonder if, mm -hmm. well, I know, because these are the things that I work with, and I know that Teresa does as well. These are the, uh, some of the, the, the chinks in the armor to, to release that innate brilliance inside you, that true self. I wonder if there was something around these three things in particular that maybe you have learned in your 30 plus years that really would nail home this idea for our listeners to <clears throat> to embrace this and and to to realize the true potential that lies within this this space inside us this vulnerable space this open space and this widening spaciousness rather than uh, 
you know the universal flow of contraction and expansion one time we're we're fixed in this um uh period of contraction we're imagining it's going to continue we get mired in this kind of a permanent idea and as we talked about earlier this concept of no it's impermanent no this doesn't have to be the case no you don't have to be this way there is something more i mean I'm sorry, I feel like I've answered the main question there. <laughs> you did, that was beautiful. Well done, excellent, yes. Awesome, didn't need me at all. That's great listening, great listening to yourself. We talked about you that did. earlier. Sometimes we got to yeah. be quiet and listen yeah. to ourselves a little bit. There it was. All right. Just a, a, a passing comment then. <laughs> our listeners to, to, to help them uh, recognize the, the wealth of this, yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So here we are, Holly, how do people get in touch with you to learn more about you, your work, what's coming up on the radar? So my website is emergenceinstitute.net. That's emergence, not emergency or emergent. Um, I did, wasn't even thinking about that when I renamed myself. I My website, <laughs> speaking of trauma, my website was... Uh, plundered during the pandemic right after I launched my book. <laughs> and so I had to like rebuild it like, oh, now is when you want me to rebuild my website. So I rebranded also, uh, became Emergence Institute. Um, the Purpose Launch Lab is the up and coming purpose-driven incubator. And if you are a person who wants to bring your soul work into the world and meet the world's greatest need, find your puzzle piece, you know, put it into the great tapestry of humanity. Uh, no better time than now. And um, I'm excited to work with people who want to bring their, uh, their souls into greater expression in the world. Um, you can find the purpose flywheel on my website. Um, from there, it will take you to the purpose launch lab. And I think we'll also put the links into the show notes. Mm -hmm. um, if you Google Purpose Launch Lab, it'll probably take you there, but um, my link will be faster. Excellent, yes. Um, I also have some free resources on my website on the Get Started page, um, things you can download and get started in finding purpose. So love that, love free resources. Perfect, yeah, we'll include all of that. All right, so now we come to the end of the show. Uh, the one bit you weren't so confident about, you were hesitant about, but there's no need to, promise. There's just five questions. They're rapid fire. Okay. They are um, <clears throat> whatever's on your heart or in your, in your mind, wherever it's coming from. Five things, are you ready? I'm ready. Cool. <laughs> Number one, which emotion catches you off guard most often? Um, emotion. Uh, wow, that's hard. Um, mm -hmm. um, probably abandonment in its mm -hmm. many forms. And, and then number two is how would you, how do you try to regulate that, um, that feeling, that emotion in the moment? I stay connected to myself. I come back inside and get centered and grounded and uh, sovereign and realize I am all I ever really need on the planet and I'm here fully for myself. And then I don't feel disconnected from the field or anyone, anything. 
Thank you. I, I realize, um, and I and I realize that you know it's a projection from someone else that they're placing on me in some way. Understood. Thank you. Number three. Um, when your best friend is having a meltdown, what do you do? I listen deeply. Um, you know, if we're present, I hug. <laughs> but that hasn't happened much in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I mostly just listen and and mirror their experience so they can be feel held and seen. Can I just say how lovely that is because the power of feeling understood when we're melting down is, I believe, because this is what I experience when someone does that for me, is it uh, allows me to release the emotion, like to get out of it. Really, right. It really right. does. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. Okay. Um, number four, what is next in your personal evolution? Hmm. Oh, you would ask that. Um, yeah, big one. So my plan with the Purpose Launch Lab after this beta run is um, to make it available to anybody and everybody on the planet in some form that's accessible um, because I believe that every school, every nonprofit, every com community endeavor, you know, every family, every everybody needs to be doing this work and become aligned with purpose. I don't really know what that looks like. It could look like a license. It could look like a franchise. It could, I, I don't know for sure. Um, but I see that I have the vision of it. And then simultaneously sort of could end, probably end up, will end up with some form, a, you know, a tech technology app as part of it, but there will always be community about it. And then simultaneously, I'm also already exploring with a new colleague, how to create um, public benefit corporations and obtain impact investing for some of the innovations that come out of the Purpose Launch Lab. So I'm hoping to have some of that figured out even by the end of the year that we launch this first beta, um, because I know that there will be some pretty significant innovations that emerge and I want to be able to help people get those in the world more quickly than it than I was able to. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous! Uh, that sounds uh, super exciting. Um, definitely want to be uh, checking out more of what's coming out from the launch lab. And then, um, all right, last question. In this moment, what are you most grateful or hopeful for? Mm. Um, I'm I'm most grateful that I've done the work required to be here in this time with the capacity I have to serve like I'm serving. Um, I didn't know why I needed to do this, you know, three, three lives in one version this time around. Now I do. Um, I, I kept saying, you know, to God, whomever, like, really, do I have to have all of these experiences? Is there some metering you can do? And like, you know, I'm, I'm committed, I'm staying, but my God, just decade after decade of trial and error. And I now know why. Mm. And I'm so glad that I hung in um, and that 
you know, for whatever reason I had the, and I, you know, now I call it everything that comes. It's like, oh, just more resilience training. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yay, more resilience training. <laughs> and I guess I'm hopeful that those of us who are standing up and saying, this is what we're doing. <laughs> this, I'm being human and this is what it's about. And it's not so bad if you don't resist. And um, I'm we're all here together and we're not in competition with each other. I'm hopeful that we're going to become that next species that we can become if we learn to be together in this. I am actually really hopeful. I'm, opt I'm optimistic about it. It's gonna happen. Yeah, me too. I'm really grateful that you chose to spend the time with us today. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. And I'm gonna take with me that last little bit. I'm probably gonna use it with some uh, clients. It's not resistance training, it's resilience training. Resistance. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'd echo that. And I just wanted to say, I'm glad that you did persist. I'm glad that you did persevere. I'm glad that you have been able to channel all of that stuff into such productive and helpful services. And, you know, it's a, it's a real delight to speak to you again. And thank you very much for sharing some of your story and, and, and your thoughts with our listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode of TNT. Please share, subscribe, rate and review. And when you're ready for your personal evolution, check out Reese at trueselfcoaching.com. And for your emotional intelligence revolution, check out Teresa at iqeqtq.com.